Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of season three of You Haven't Seen That, uh, the podcast where I, Eric, watch the films I missed as a child. Um, I'm joined as always by my co-host Chris. Hello! And um, and we have a special guest for this episode. Hello, uh, it's Toby. It's Toby back again after his successful stint on The Wizard last yes, time. Yes, yes. <laughs> we thought... Good film, good film. It was a good film. Um, but this time we've brought him back because, Chris, what are we watching? Uh, Eric, we are watching James Cameron's 1989 opus. <laughs> Masterpiece. <laughs> the Abyss. From James Cameron, the writer and director of The Terminator and Aliens, comes The Abyss. Here's a bottomless pit, baby. Two and a half miles straight down. A dance of light. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I don't think they mean us any harm. I don't know how I know that. Whatever happens, it's up to us. That guy scares me more than anything that's down there. Well, we all see what we want to see. Coffee looks and he sees hate and fear. You have to look with better eyes than that. The Abyss. Believe your eyes. I'm pumped! I'm freaking pumped, Eric! <laughs> you both are. just as pumped. Yeah! I know, and I'm um, pumped as a result. Because yeah. I, like I was saying to you guys this before, I honestly don't really know anything about this film except for the cover and it involves water. You're going to learn a lot oh. about this film. I put the DVD yeah. in front of Eric. So, yeah, it's, you've, got a, you've got a scuba diver. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, so um, we got some mystery underwater, some like unsolved yep. science, maybe some aliens or something. And mm. um, let's go looking. So that, that's what you're expecting based on kind of knowledge of James Cameron in general, you're, you're expecting? And also just the cover. Oh, okay. like, you know, there's something, the bright light. There's something, something in the abyss. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's a bit like the Poltergeist cover, but... Um, there's no paper. That's true, actually. It's a real rip-off of the Poltergeist <laughs> cover there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is one, I think, uh, this was actually a, a suggestion from you for this season, mm, actually. It was, yeah. What, what kind of prompted that? Just... I've just heard it's great. Yeah. And uh, James Cameron generally has a very, very good track record up until Avatar, and you can feel free to throw <laughs> some others in if you want. <laughs> no, no, see, I'm fine with that, because I will actually agree. Like, I think, yeah, this... Why I enjoy this film so much uh, is because it is something different and original from Cameron. Mm. It's why I think my favourite James Cameron film is... Uh, Terminator, the first one. Yes. Not Terminator 2. I think it's a better film, and I, it's why also, like, t- his kind of arc as a filmmaker seemed to be like, I'll take something that's been done and then just do it bigger and better. Yeah. Like, Alien will make aliens. Yep. <laughs> Terminator, I'll remake it, the pretty much the exact same storyline and set pieces, but just bigger and better. Wait, yep. you're talking Terminator. Terminator 2, Term- yeah. Just kind of amp it up, like inject steroids into it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. this is in between all of that stuff, this is him doing a kind of passion project. Yeah. Yeah. This, this explains his love of the deep sea. Yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah. It really, really does. And then it kind of, it's like almost the connective tissue between, like, <laughs> then you get all the stuff with uh, Titanic later, like yeah. the whole Brock Lovett <laughs> storyline. Yes. Here we are again on the deck of Titanic, two and a half miles down. 3,821 meters. Yeah, I, um... Like, it just appeals, because, like, uh, Alien and Aliens... Did he do both of those? No, have, Ridley Scott Alien. is Alien. Yeah, Ridley and Scott then... the first one, didn't he? Um, but, like, th- those films are all fan- fantastic. Like, mm. Terminator, Terminator 2. Um, 
So I'm expecting similar vein. Um, I love that sort of um, sci-fi mystery kind of thing. And that uh, hyper-stylized kind of... Like, mm. you know you're watching a James Cameron film. Yeah, that like, I just of. like his style. Um, mm. And so I know that as a teenager, I would have loved this film. Mm. Like, obviously, in 1989, am I correct? Yes. yes. About that? Yeah. yeah. I was three years old. So, um... I think, yeah, it was 89, and then I think the special edition was 91, yeah, I want to say. Photography and stuff were done 88, I think. Yeah, 88 through to 89. And there was a bunch of special effects that were done, and it released April 89, I believe. Mm-hmm. My mum showed me this film when I was about six or so. I oh, am really? the exact same. Really? I remember the DVD was one of those... Oh, sorry, the DVD, the VHS. The VHS. <laughs> it was one of those great ones where it was like... A graphic one where like it had Velcro that you open from the yep. side. Oh and, no way! Like yeah, it was oh wow! One of those fancy cases. So Ooh. when you were a little kid, you, you knew you were getting something good. <laughs> it was better than all of the others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, this VHS has Velcro. <laughs> this was the second Cameron film I saw. What was the Terminator Two? Yeah, I think everyone of our generation saw. Even I saw Terminator Two like mm. when I was like seven or something. I remember like watching it before kindergarten one day. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> everyone who was alive in 1991 saw Terminator yeah, Two. Like, like, even I saw it. Yeah, um, that definitely wasn't anything to do with my family. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> well, so well, this will be mum showed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be the last James Cameron film, then I guess for you. Like, um, I think it must be because it's not as though he has millions of them. He only has about six or seven films. Yeah. Like he's really, he's almost like a Sergio Leone, like yeah. or a Tarantino, like yep. small filmography. But he makes bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has the two highest. Yeah, he did have. Sorry, Avengers. Oh, yeah. oh yes, yeah. Mm. But I mean, until we get Avatars two through five coming out, so who's gonna watch those? Uh, <sighs> those people that had plastic surgery to look like Navi. Yes, <laughs> that, was a, that was a big investment. That was yeah. a thing that happened. Remember, the people that saw it like once a day for like a couple of weeks because yeah. they couldn't bear the thought of not living in that world. I hated Avatar from yeah. the first time I saw so it. Bad. I yeah yeah yeah. But <laughs> so I'm not expecting said, Avatar. I'm, I'm upset about Avatar. Yeah. That, there, in my mind, there is only one James Cameron film that starts with A, and it's The Abyss. <laughs> so who should we uh, jump into it? Let's, Let's pop it on. Start it. Here we are, three hours later, <laughs> oh. <laughs> after watching yeah. The Abyss. <laughs> it feels like that, like in a good way. Yeah. But... Kind of in the same way as like when you finish watching The Godfather, but less as impactful. Yeah. <laughs> and I say this as lo- someone who loves this film, but yeah, like... There's a message at the end. Yeah. We'll, oh, don't worry, we'll get to the end. <laughs> we'll work our way there. But, um, yeah, so here we go. Um, I guess... Plot synopsis? Should we break yeah, it down? Yeah, you break it down. All right. So, um, a team of oil drillers, under deep sea oil drillers, uh, contracted well, by the government to help salvage what do a salvage mission on a U.S. submarine. It was a prototype oil drilling rig. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. I, 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 you're right. I need those specifics. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when they're doing their kind of rescue operation. Um, they encounter some NTIs. Something non-human, but intelligent. A non-terrestrial intelligence. A non-terrestrial intelligence. Yes. NTIs. Oh man, that's better than UFOs. And um, 
things get crazy, I guess? That's the brief... There's no spoilers, is there? Oh, no, we can spoil, for uh, sure, but... Warheads get involved, and Michael Bain. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good summary, I think. It's Armageddon. Yeah, well, Armageddon borrowed from this, I reckon. Yeah, that's... I think a lot of films borrowed from this. That was what was crazy. <laughs> Eric, you brought that up during the episode, and I had never noticed how similar this plot line is to Armageddon. <laughs> it's very close. <laughs> I think it's just for me, because, like, a lot of what you see of Ed Harris... He often has a hat on or there's certain views. So to me, <laughs> so they're hiding, they're hiding his Bruce Willis lookalikeness as yeah. when they don't have much hair, either of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's similar to Armageddon because he wore a hat. <laughs> but I think it's like that same, like, they're all males except for one yeah. kind of drill team. Like maybe, are there any females in Armageddon except for Liv Tyler? I can't remember. Yeah, there's the sassy lady astronaut who says she'll kick Michael Clark Duncan in the balls until he flies <laughs> off. Right. Yeah. Bear! Yes? Do we have a problem? No. Because I'm trying to describe to you how these DATs keep your ass on the ground. So that if I were to kick you in the balls mm. and you don't know how to work them, what happens to you? I'd float away. And uh, when do we start training for that? Yeah, so, Don't ask me how I remember that. Yeah, well done. Yeah, um, yeah so, um, yeah, and it reminded me of that. And it reminded me of the thing a little bit too. I think once okay. again, like, isolation, predominantly male. Claustrophobia. Claustrophobia. Um, an, uh, an unknown semi-unknown threat. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a fair call. And a lot of blue and Heaps kind of, of flare. <laughs> and flares. Yeah, and flares. Right. lens flare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It, is, it really is rewatch because I haven't watched this probably for two to three years, I'd say. Like, I, I recently, a couple of years back, showed Claire mm-hmm. she'd never seen it before, and was she was sufficiently bored I was going to say, it. did she give it a thumbs up or fall asleep? No, she did, but then she did not like the ending. But oh, okay. <laughs> again, yeah. oh, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is, it is really everything James Cameron has done in his career crammed into one film really yes. yeah. you've got the supernatural kind of uh, otherworldly sci-fi aspects of it you've yep. got the confined action confined cramped space action Aliens. sequences you've got deep sea <laughs> underwater yep. you've got special effects you've got it's you've every- got a everyone be friends with each other message avatar and really <laughs> crappy dialogue yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see all filmography <laughs> um yeah, it was, um, but also, in the James Cameron canon, it was an impressive piece of filmmaking. Damn straight. Yeah. yeah. See, like, I, I, I'm mocking <laughs> mocking the film, but I, I still love it dearly, and I mm. still... There's a special place close to my heart. Not just that, like, it, beyond the kind of nostalgia element, I would say this is, like, peak Cameron, it's I think. It's a techni- technological masterpiece. Like, and I think... For its time. In terms of storytelling, until you get to the kind yeah, of last 20, 20 minutes, yeah. it's great, I think, and it's kind of... It, it definitely yeah, needs to have a hacksaw taken to it. Yeah, well, that's why yeah. like, this, we watch a special edition just yeah. to be, make everyone aware. Like, But the mm. actual theatrical um, version came in at 2.10. This has an extra half an hour in it. Yeah. Did you make me watch an extra half hour? Yeah. Oh, come on, guys. Okay, cut, cut a button. <laughs> but the major thing of like what we essentially, he cut out the entire storyline of the tidal wave and yeah. that whole ending is just oh, gone. In the making. Oh, that's, that's a significant change. That's what, yeah, and that in the, is. In the, make, in the making of. This is the first time either Toby or Chris will mention the making of the abyss. 
They will go on to mention it several times throughout the episode. Every time they do, you will hear this tone. Play along at home and see if you can count how many times they reference it. In the making of, um, there's a, a scene at the end where he's like, mm. I don't take a razor to my films, I just take a, I take out a subplot. It's much easier. Well, yeah, Instead of trying enough. to take out little yeah. bits yeah, and pieces. take an entire section. Yeah, so yeah. it took out like half an hour of the film. So I guess theatrical run. for any people who listening who may have only watched the theatrical release... Watch the special edition, it's way better. So what's the difference to me, like, what's the theatrical release... It basically when they remove the whole like be they, nice um, message. Okay, yeah, so in the there is no kind time. of. Oh, sorry, we're talking yeah. about each other. Um, there is no kind of overall arcing message of why the a- the NTIs are there and what yeah. they're doing. It is just. But all of a sudden comes back online and he's met some new friends down here and the thing lifts up. Yeah. So it's more just a mystery of what went on down there. Yeah, which that. kind of is a nice, more kind of weird, abstracty sci-fi yeah. thing, but. It, it really detracts from the whole... Because the point of the NTIs being there and the whole tidal wave kind mm. of wanting them them threatening humanity to get along, it it's James Cameron doing his metathesis on yeah. the Cold War. And then yeah. if if you don't have that, you're sort of like, why yeah, I is fi- the I, I film doing this? I find the theatrical yeah. cut not to make as much sense, even though that the ending of this doesn't make a whole bunch of sense either, but it actually... Oh, it makes puts, sense, it's just not good. Yeah, it just puts <laughs> so you, it more into, like, you know... Ah. Gives a message. So yeah. you both prefer the, the oh yeah this yeah hundred percent yeah, yeah right. very much yeah. so. Yeah. So you yeah. think it, this entire subplot makes a much better movie? Yes. It, yeah. At least it's it, it gives real, it it, make, it makes sense. It makes a bit more sense yeah, than what yeah. it, it did before. Yeah. It's, it's not as it's ambiguous. might be a bit cheesy, it, I guess. But oh, um, it's, it's, it's not, super it's, cheesy. <laughs> it's not as ambiguous. Yeah. Like, whereas ambiguity can be good sometimes, but yeah, maybe but not, not, the, not, not in the this. Way it was not in this no. like heavy sci, like heavy. Is it sci-fi? Yeah, yeah, say, I, yeah. I would say this is sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. And not this it's like heavy technical film. It, mm. it, that's why it feels weak. I think is because it is such a technical masterpiece. And then you know, even though the NTIs look crazy, it it's. It does a 180. It, it's all yeah, of a sudden, it really does. In, in the last 25 minutes of the film... It turns from aliens to ET. It, you've nailed it exactly there. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, yeah. instead of having this tight, claustrophobic, tense, like you were saying, like, yep. like the thing, and, like, you know, mm-hmm. this interesting, tense, like, thriller, all of a sudden, we're... Happy... Happy aliens. aliens. Yeah. Like, it yeah. just kind of it's does just, this weird 180. ET close encounters. And, and there's no yeah. real build-up or... The, I mean, there is to some degree with the benevolence of the the NTIs being, like, the pseudopod, which is what yeah, they the named water, the water, water sprite. Te- the tentacle yep. kind of thing, yeah. Which is, like, you can see that they're, you know, nice, they're not meaning any harm, and you're kind of setting up that element. But yep. it's not done... It, it just there's not tr- enough of that throughout the whole film. Yeah, because the majority of the film is a Cold War, mer- uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a Navy SEAL going nuts from like, yeah. being underwater and stealing a nuke. That's yeah, okay. So this actually adds that element that takes it to the next level hmm. and actually gives it's, it purpose. It's yeah. James Cameron, I think, and this is why I think it's also like I said before, peak Cameron because it is him not. It's him reveling in technology as opposed to story. Yes. Like, yep. you look at, like, Titanic is a marvel of technological filmmaking in yep. terms of what he did in terms of scope and miniatures and set design and mm-hmm. everything in that film is great. Yep. The story is pretty shit. <laughs> it's not great. But. Everything else it is. It works for the context of that film. And yes. You're able to kind of put it aside and be like, well, that's fine. Oh, my God, the boat's splitting in half. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, well done. Yeah, yeah. and for the Abyss, you get that because you're like, oh my god, look at that water sprite and this new technology and what they managed to do with this mm-hmm. film. Yet he, the cheesiness of a James Cameron original script doesn't quite work. I would say, like, on, the script is on par with Armageddon. Gotta hate that bitch. Probably shouldn't have married her then, huh? Anyone who's seen Armageddon, like, immediately understands. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing as what he's done when he... Like, he Terminator is a great original idea. Mm. Yep. That's pretty much it for James Cameron. Yep, as far as original. Uh, yeah, I'm being really harsh here. Yeah. <laughs> but Aliens, he's jumping off the back of a pre-existing mm, thing. And nailing. Nailing sample. it, but, yep. be, but he didn't create that. He's no. just building upon something that pre-existed. Terminator 2, as well, he's taking something that he created, doing it bigger and better and bolder. Yep. And when you get... When he's doing something... Cre- uh, True Lies. True Lies is a remake of a French film. Is it really? Oh, yes, yes, it is. That's right. So <laughs> it's taking a Flashback pre-existing thing, one. remaking it, and <laughs> doing didn't, it didn't realize, bigger right? and better. Yep. Um, but when he does an original brand new idea, like The Abyss or like Avatar, yep. it's a little bit lacking in terms of... like He yeah. has a good idea, and he wants to push what he can do in terms of technological filmmaking. That's because he's obsessed with the ocean. Yeah, well, that it's it, he's obsessed with technology. I think yes, t- technology and the ocean. Yeah, combining two passions into one. Mm. Um, but um, technology though, let's just talk about that now. Yeah, <laughs> let's just go into that. So you guys were both um, watched in preparation for this. You both watched the making of it. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it before. And you rewatched it. <laughs> you rewatched it. It's, yeah. it's up on YouTube. Mm. It's called um, the Making it? of the Abyss. No, it's called Under Pressure: Making the Abyss. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm James Cameron, and I want to take you into a world of cold, darkness, and unrelenting pressure. The movie business. Um, so you had some really awesome facts and factoids. Is that really a word? I don't know, but Chris uses it. It, it works. We, we were kind of dumping them throughout on Eric while we were watching the film. Which is but... great listening. So basically, they Cameron wanted to film this entirely underwater, and there's a great quote in that doco, which um, I'll, he's basically saying he wanted to do for underwater filming what 2001 did for space. If I couldn't do what 2001 A Space Odyssey did for science fiction films taking place in space, if I didn't feel that I could do that in the underwater uh, arena, then I didn't want to make the movie. It's an admirable kind of... I mean, I can't think of many other underwater films, Mm -hmm. let alone ones before 1989. The fact that, like, the suits (laughs) that they're using are, like real suits that were created purely for this movie just so that they could capture the actors facial expression expressions and speak underwater and breathe underwater mm. that's that's they're, a must they're that's functional te- beyond props yeah and they ended up getting used and whatnot and then all the a few of the ROVs were modified and mm. technology was used and a whole bunch of it was just made specifically for the film that had a wider usage Yep, beyond purely Hollywood, and yeah, that was it. and that's mm. quite impressive when you when you look at yeah. it. It was basically creating the technology for the film and then giving that technology back to the general public, like you know, science and being able well, to. It was all of... it was all created by like proper people. Yeah, who and who were like his um, Fox. his main yeah. uh, underwater DOP was a like very f- 
proficient dive photographer and things, and yeah. like they were all. One of the actors was as well. Um, the big burly dude, yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, the one a, that you were saying looked like Zach Galifianakis <laughs> on steroids. <laughs> he, he was like, no, I don't know if he was a commercial diver, but he was a professional diver because in the in the making of he talks about like. Yeah, I, I know a lot of commercial divers and a few of them showed traits of that, a few of the other actors, because he'd been doing it for yep. like, his whole life. And I think they were saying, like, Ed Harris, by the time this film had done, he had logged as many hours as if he were a professional diver, yeah. Yeah. but he had just done it all in, in tanks, in, not actually <laughs> yes. in the ocean, so... Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, that was also the it's massive... The tank, yeah. Yeah, the massive thing of... Two tanks. Yeah, the two tanks. Let me just... A tank and B tank. Yeah, and it was filmed in a decommissioned uh, nuclear and not not facility, not it? decommissioned, but a half-built uh, oh. nuclear power plant in uh, Gaffney, South Carolina. Uh, that was because they started to build mm. these massive structures and then uh, kind of abandoned it, and it was going to be actually turned into a movie studio in oh. general, just because it's this massive, yeah, huge space. space. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he, they found them while he was trying to search for a suitable kind of tank or size to be able to do all this because he wanted to do as much as he possibly could practically. Yep. And I think it's something like 60 to 70% of the film is actually shot underwater. Oh, yeah, like huge <laughs> amounts. Cameron was spending 14 hours at a time underwater. Mm. Himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that's all wow. like the the one thing of like as much as like everyone hated working on this like he put himself yeah, through yeah it's not like hell. he sat in the surface like I'll see you in ten no, hours no, guys no. he was he had like a monitor set up to watch dailies while, while he was, was decompressing <laughs> this kind of sh- wow stuff. Yeah. yeah he was he, yeah okay he, he was one hundred percent committed yeah. 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 Alright, so the the main tank was a fifty five foot tall bowl uh, with a two hundred and foot uh, two hundred and forty feet diameter. Um, so it basically was filled with seven point five million gallons of water. Sounds like a lot for someone who Just only works in the metric system. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but on top of all of that as well, to be able to... You can't just pour water in there and hope for the best. Because yep. that'll get murky yeah. and bad. Oh. So it had to be heated and filtrated and everything. Of course, yeah, and the after filtering. The second, yeah. After the second week, one of the main pumps failed. Really? So the heating system went down oh, to like fifty no. percent. The oh. filtration system went down to fifty percent. <laughs> so they ended up having to install hot tubs on the rim of the the tanks so Just everyone could sit and reheat the actors. And reheat the actors and they would hold production meetings of like what they're about to go down and shoot in the hot tubs and then Twentieth Century Fox got word of this and they thought it was a luxury. Like, oh. what, you're holding meetings in hot tubs? Blah, blah, blah. We're going <laughs> to send executives down. And it's like, no, no, no. This is a... So we don't die because we're shooting <laughs> why, this in why, winter. Why is there a $200,000 wetsuit uh, uh, budget? Because not just the... Because they're costumes <laughs> and everyone needs... Oh, yeah. All of the water was chlorinated, but to keep it clear and at such a degree mm, that... um heavily chlorinated. So our crew members started losing... Like, getting losing bleach hair. blonde hair, losing their body hair. It would oh. burn and eat through the rubber of the wetsuits. I have once swam in a pool that had way too much chlorine and it bleached. Not bleached pleasurable. my board shorts. Yeah. yeah. And that was um, not... <laughs> Ed Harris talks about it in a scene where um, he's got all the water in his... This, yes, this, yeah. Because that's still the same kind of thing. They had to make specific um, lenses for his eyes, the contacts so, so he yeah, could see. Keep them open, yeah. And he's like, after five minutes, the, the chlorine or the bromine or whatever it was 
started to affect me and I couldn't see and blah, 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 blah. He's like, nah, I gotta just stay here for as long as I can so I don't have to come back down here and do more yeah, of it. Just it was it just done. a real full on like, shoot. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I think we brought it up maybe in the beginning of, uh, in the intro, but this up into the point of this being like, in 1989, this was considered to be one of the toughest film shoots ever. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the same yeah. with what's her name. Yeah, Mar- Mary oh, Elizabeth yes. Mesa Antonio, like, she refuses to talk about this film. Like, she really? is yeah. uh, very absent in the making of documentary. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, because uh, the very famous <laughs> the very famous scene of uh, her being uh, resuscitated. and Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were bringing up that they, they do it shot for shot in South Park. No! No, he has the strong heart. He wants to live. Come on, Cal. Come on, buddy. Shab him again. Do it! Charging. Do it! <laughs> <laughs> um, but when they're doing that scene, apparently uh, that that was like an, an almost an entire day of shooting, and they, James Cameron, being his make sh- like you know perfectionist, yep. doing it over and over again, and it was uh, tough for an actress like she's there, soaking wet, physically exposed, being yep. slapped around. Uh, one of the takes of the camera just ran out of film, and they he just kept kept shooting, yelled, kept, sh- kept shooting despite no film. Oh. Come on, so You're not Kubrick. She eventually, like, when she found that out, like, screamed, "We are not animals!" and stormed off the set for a couple of hours and had to be Sounds talked. Pretty yeah, fair enough to me. Yeah. So this, I think, yeah, that was her big, uh, understandably, like. The other huge one yeah. is uh, Ed Harris when he's falling down that channel. Yes, yeah. How they shot that actually is really interesting. That because <laughs> you can't obviously like have you know two and a half miles of falling. No, so it's sideways and he's being dragged. Oh. And the yeah, camera's yeah. tilted on the side. That's quite smart. And however, yeah, however, <laughs> his safety diver got tangled up, and so because oh. he's not breathing he, anything, he's, he's wearing the helmet full of water, water in it. Yeah, he's holding his breath. He's getting dragged along, and he's like, "I can't do this," and does the cut signal. To and like, his safety diver got yeah, lost. His safety diver's like forty feet away. I got no air. I'm waiting for air, and this guy's hung up somewhere. I got nobody to give me air. And I was hanging there. Out of breath, no air, and I'm going, oh, this is great. And then another diver comes in, like he's, and shoves in his the respirator, but he shoves it in upside down, so he starts breathing in water, oh. and then starts struggling and starts, you know, almost losing it. And then the, one of the cameramen come over and like they realise what's happened, slap the dude away, puts it in properly, yeah, and then he gets up to the surface. But I remember driving home that night and. Uh, I just broke down, man. I was just weeping because there was a part of me that was really um, disappointed in myself for not being able to do this thing. And there was also a part of me that was like, I just, I just didn't know what to do. I was just, uh, I just, I didn't know what uh, I was supposed to do. I was in the middle of something that I just, and it was, and I really thought I was going to die for a second, and, I, and it also pissed me off that I, was, uh, that I was afraid of that, that I got scared of that for a second. And he doesn't talk about it either. The most he's ever talked about it is on the making of. Yeah. And he sort of said, that's, that's my, yeah. I've said my piece about this film. And leave it at that. It was a fascinating experience. Yeah, he, um, he apparently... Um, hasn't spoken to Cameron again, I don't think. Yeah, and uh, reportedly punched James Cameron in the face um, <laughs> after he kept rolling and wanted to use that footage. Um, and yeah. <laughs> the, the wonderful quote I managed to find is, uh, this is Ed Harris... 
Asking me how I was treated on the abyss is like asking a soldier how he was treated in Vietnam. Oof. <laughs> like they made um like that was known on set as like it had a few pet names, the abuse. Oh, Oof. I've got them yeah. all written down. Where uh-huh. where are they? <laughs> yeah, so uh the alternate titles for this film. <laughs> like we normally save yeah. this for later, but yep. alternate titles not like just on set yep. were <laughs> uh, the abuse. Uh, son of abyss. <laughs> Life's abyss and then you die. <laughs> so, yeah. yep. I think the pin said, I survived the abyss. Yeah, they uh, at the end of production pin when it finally got a- finished. The EP yeah. makes like a pin for everyone going, I survived the abyss. Wow. And it was a life preserver like on the Titanic <laughs> saying, Ab- SS abyss survivor. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty hard shit. Yeah. Yeah. But we've kind of, like, talked mainly about the production and the making of. Mm. Let's actually dive into the film itself. I'm really intrigued to see, Eric, your opinion, like... Because at the beginning you said you'd heard so much about this Mm. film and, like, it's kind of legendary. I think we've touched on why it's legendary. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Does it hold up? Like, how did did you find it? Well, like I said, I knew basically nothing about it at all. Yeah. Um, Plot-wise or otherwise. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot, basically. Um, I think if I watched it, uh, yeah, like as a young teenager or something, I really would have enjoyed it. Mm. Like, I liked those pretty epic, interesting sci-fi, creative... um, I would have loved the underwater setting because there's not many films like that. Yeah, it's original. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so if I'd actually just sat down and watched it in one setting, I would have... uh, um, really enjoyed it young and then yeah watching it now like yeah it went for a while and maybe if I was by myself I would have turned <laughs> it off and finished it tomorrow come in for a two sitting kind of watch yeah um, but um, it just kind of keeps you going mm. and like uh, the performances are good the, the way it's shot like from a photography point of view and a production point of view it's just gripping so in terms of like because there really is a, you've got the A plot and the B plot like with the A plot being the uh, the nuclear warhead the marines and the sunken submarine yep were you expecting like I mean the B plot I'm guessing you probably would have been like I know aliens yeah like, yeah I think that, you even I, said that yeah, yeah. So. that's what I was assuming like, I mean probably aliens yeah yep. so were you expecting necessarily such a it to be that to be such kind of a shove to the side no. not necessarily a no I would not have picked the Cold War to be number one but I should have <laughs> yeah this is James Cameron's Cold War opus <laughs> yeah this is the 80s like every movie's about the Cold War yeah um, pretty much <laughs> um, so that's Rookie mistake, Eric. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is season three. You got to bring your A game, son. Come Jesus, on, Jesus, should have seen enough by now. Um, <laughs> That's the thing. Like now, from now on, every '80s film, you're just going to be like, I don't know, Cold, Cold War, Russians, <laughs> probably Russians. Uh, oh, just wait till we get to the other Rambo movies. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know, Al Qaeda. Yes. <laughs> Helping Afghanistan's yeah. flavor of the decade. Uh, yeah, no, I would have expected the like the whole plot to be based around more of an uh, a maybe a little bit more close encounters. So a bit like, more. Let's go hunting and find out what's going on. Not let's stop Mustachioed and Michael Bean from destroying a species. We have no way of warning the surface, and you know what that means. It means whatever happens is up to us. Yeah, no, he was destroying the Russians. Yeah, because yeah, I, no, sorry, yeah. He, he truly believed he was destroying. So, the Russians. so if we were to kind of have said in the intro, like it's about an undersea, you know, lab or something, mm. you would have 
<laughs> thought it could have been kind of that more scientist I was exploring what is at the bottom of the abyss. And yes. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Spoiler what? alert: it's man's humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I was expecting more like a, yeah, maybe almost even like a portal to another world or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, because you open with that uh, Fred, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche so quote yeah. saying, like, you know, the abyss stares back at you, like, yeah. But how did you find it when it actually ended up being such a eighties kind 80s of actiony subplot? Uh, I was fine with it actually because it just gave you so much time to set up to it because yeah. it teased you with the aliens early or whatever they are. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're not technically aliens. MTIs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the the species who dwells under the ocean. So you already knew that there was something like that involved. Um, it just happened to involve a nuclear submarine. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of like, all right, let's mush the two together, and then um, and then Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck um, <laughs> and Liv Tyler and Liv Tyler um, came in to save the day. Mm. So um, America's safe again. Nice. Notice how no other nation on Earth was threatened by tidal waves. <laughs> well, I don't think James Cameron realizes any other nations exist. <laughs> it's America and it's Russia, and that's it. Yeah. Weirdly, he's Canadian, so that's just <laughs> Oof. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, he wishes he was American. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. No, so um, it, it it was felt very natural for it to move in that direction. It didn't feel like. All surprise! Mm. The Navy SEALs all of a sudden going psyche. Like, no, there's there's the always was the progression natural. was very natural. Well, whereas could... in some movies, all of a sudden you hit the the third act and the Navy SEAL goes crazy. You're like, oh, what? They set it up from the start, yeah. with, mm. like with having the shakes and all that yep. kind of thing. And yeah. it was pretty clear that he had not the bends, um, seasickness or whatever you want to call it. Oh, they bring it. They yeah. say it and give I it can't. a term. Yeah. yeah. Let's watch each other. Closely for signs of HPNS. High pressure nervous syndrome. Muscle tremors usually in the hands first. Nausea, increased excitability, disorientation. In a partridge in a pear tree. So it, it just felt very natural. It wasn't like um, sunshine. You know sunshine? Yeah. Fantastic oh setup, and then mm. you get to the third act, and it turns out they're fighting God, basically. The most Alex... Ev- like every Alex Garland film ever. Oh, where it ruins it's just... the entire film because it comes out of nowhere and he's unstoppable. But that's every Alex Garland script where it's just like... We have a great first and second mm. act. I don't know how to end anything. God. Uh, we're really? fighting gods. Uh, 28 days later, uh, I promised them women. Wait, what? Yeah. Why are we in a rape thriller all of a sudden <laughs> in this zombie Natalie, movie? Netflix Natalie Portman one, was that him? Annihilation, yeah. yeah. Ex Machina as yes. well. I hate the ending of Ex Machina. Yeah, so like incredible <gasps> setup. That, um, Sunshine, I'll keep yeah. using this example. It's beautiful, well great. scientifically thought out, really interesting. And He's then a man third who's act, sun blindness and flip, <laughs> and you got this like space zombie basically. Yeah, that movie so we did. Me of an episode even of the Home. beach. Oh yes, yes, the beach. Yeah, similar kind of thing. Yeah. He doesn't know how to land a script, and no, because yeah. he doesn't do the early setup. Whereas Cameron here does, like Toby said, the beautiful early setup, and it just feels natural. And you're like, I don't care if he thinks he's fine. The Russians, he's underwater, he's gone crazy. But, but Michael also- Bean dies at the end of the second act. Yes, pretty much, or halfway through the third, depending on where you want to like divide yeah. it. Like, oh, yeah. depending yeah. on which version you're watching. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's it. They get rid of that threat and they move on to the next threat, which is Michael Bean's drop nuclear warhead. Yeah. yeah, which is a perfect setup to go into the um, the NTIs. Yeah, who yeah. are the true purpose of the film? Yeah, despite the fact that they were mostly cut out of the actual yeah, version, which is really which quite is fascinating the, from the production the point of view. The script is pretty average, but the actual. St- story arc itself it's that thing James, great. James yeah. Cameron structurally makes great stories yeah. yep. 
but his dialogue is just all dog it's, it's like Pretty him and George much. Lucas just hung out for like 10 minutes <laughs> yeah, and wrote a script of. together. Yeah. Well, and it's, to see that. <laughs> and that's what's kind of an... Not a... Like, <laughs> frustrating... Underwater parliament, parliamentary... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Senate. With some great CGI just covering the whole screen. And, and a horrible Jar-Jar, racist stereotype. Jar Binks comes back for it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, He's a senator anyway. now. <laughs> senator Binks, please. Senator, yeah. Um, um, but that's... Please. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's what's frustrating about this... Like, if, I, if anything is frustrating about this film, it is that it's such an interesting, solid story with such an averagely written dialogue script yeah. holding it, like, kind of putting it together. Which, yeah. which, what I find funny about Avatar, how, like, everybody fell in love with, I had Avatar fever. It's not Pac-Man fever, it's Avatar fever. <laughs> but Avatar was just, um, like, what was it, Pocahontas? Cro- no, no, Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves, yeah. wolves crossed with uh, Fern Gully. Which is also Pocahontas. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's all of those... And, and it's just, like, standard tropes, whereas this is kind of unique and original. Like, it mm. hadn't, like, yeah, the Cold War story had been done and stuff in ET. But it's an original done. take on that kind yeah, of story. and it's put in a setting that, like, had never been done before. Mm. And it, it's it's really quite, yeah, mind-blowing for me that he was able to, like, like Terminator, it hit the same, like, level mm. of... Ter- what, what something pop- new that we haven't seen before yeah, and you're and like, pushing the boundaries massive, and doing something different. Massive yeah. budget, like, it was... It's just... That's why it, it holds a special place in my heart is because it was just... And and from a never seen it. from a filmmaking yeah. standpoint as well, this is a guy who independent film Terminator, massive was runaway success. Independent. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. that was our uh, Coralco actually. I want to oh, say I like oh, no Orion Pictures, oh, same yeah, people that yeah. did a uh, Robocop and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like not totally independent, but yeah, like, small. Semi, semi yeah, I think yeah. budget for Terminator One's like two million or something. Oh, like you know at the very end of Terminator when it's uh, like the really. Crap, like in the, the kind of finale part and they're like zipping up Michael Bean in a body bag that's just Michael Bean in um James Cameron's like suit jacket thing like the thing <laughs> that he keeps his suit in like they didn't have budget for a no, body bag even. a suit bag the top yeah, half of the suit bag, suit yeah. bag yeah. yeah that's crazy so but massive hit and then Aliens mm. like massive hit like Sigourney Weaver nominated for an Academy Award yeah. for that film like massive massive so this is the hotshot director at the top of his game Top of his powers, he can do whatever he wants. He does. He chooses to do something that no one has done before. It's admirable. Damn straight. Yeah. And like the whether it works or not for you, it's it's kind of you got to tip your hat for you tried. Yeah. Yeah. James Cameron doesn't do what James Cameron does for James Cameron. James Cameron does what James Cameron does because James Cameron is James Cameron. So I don't hate Avatar. I don't hate Avatar as much as a lot of people. I dislike it, but it is still really like you know, techni- technically speaking, it's it's. He tried. Quite, he swung. He he Babe Ruthed. He came out. And he pointed to left field. Yeah. And he took a swing. Yeah, he took I, a swing. And, I, and some people thought he connected. I, 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 I hate three D, but like that's it's pretty impressive what he did with that. Like, people haven't did, done it much since. No, so. uh, because no one can do it as well as what he did it. Like it's mm. it is pretty impressive when you look back on it. And I remember seeing it in a big screen. It's like. That's pretty crazy. Mm. Like, well, I rem- yeah, I remember we went and saw it together, and then we came, like went back and had a beer, and we're just like, it's technologically good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all I can really say yeah. about it. But like, yeah, it's yeah, it's quite crazy, quite good. S- clumsy segue. 
No, but something it. Avatar didn't have though was Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I was going to do a similar segue. <laughs> actually, Gordon Weaver, though. Oh, yeah. I forget that. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Ed Harris in many things. Yeah. I I think he's wonderful in The Rock. Yep. <laughs> and I'm um, in like Le- uh, what is it, Lieutenant Hummel? <laughs> yeah, whatever he is, he's he won't give that order. Um, and um. And Westworld, he's solid in, and um, and Apollo thirteen, and um, a Truman few, Show, Truman Show, and a few oh, other things great. along Truman the way. Mm. But um, yeah, I've never seen. I, I guess even though he looks the same age, young Ed Harris, I'm going to call him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he was great. Like he, he's a phenomenally underrated he does actor. Look the same age. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> like considering those the things you guys told me about how he does not like to talk about this film. Um, <laughs> You couldn't tell from his performance. No, like, no, what a no, professional! He, he um, just put he put in hundred and ten percent. Even when he was drowning in a suit, he was still acting. Um, and like you were drawing acting. comparisons to Armageddon in that, mm. like Virg- like Bud could have like God, his name is Bud Brigman. Like he, <laughs> like he God. so easily could have just been Bruce Willis. Yeah, like you, you cut like look at Armageddon. Bruce Willis's character is. Bruce Willis. Yeah, like, he's not is, a character. No, which is fine, because Bruce Willis is very entertaining. Yeah. But he's Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah. But you look at the abyss, and it's Ed Harris is doing his damnedest to, yeah. like, actually imbue Bud with character traits and yeah. interesting, like, inflections, and he's trying... He brought that character to life. The, the wedding ring, chucking yeah. it in. That like, is set up and then pays off later, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's his little... It's clear, like, he's not out of love with his wife. No. Um, his loyalty to his crew... Um, he even has a Bruce Willis moment at the end where he like it's like yep yeah, I'm gonna go do this you guys save yourselves kind of thing yeah but he <laughs> does it with humanity yeah unlike Bruce Willis who's doing it for paycheck yeah why wouldn't you like it's Michael <laughs> yeah. Bay yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hear they got Aerosmith on the soundtrack yeah, exactly <laughs> you could even like make some royalties out of the song yeah I'm um, gonna be in that music video oh yeah <laughs> um yes yeah, so, no I thought um I thought it was yeah Great, I really enjoyed his performance. And most people were... I didn't... Who else was anybody apart from What's-Her-Face? Uh, Mary Elizabeth Mason Antonio, um, yep. who you would know. She got the role, actually, off of... Um, Chris Elliott? Or Chris Elliott, <laughs> briefly. And they, he apparently auditioned for um, the role of Hippie, but didn't get it. But James Cameron liked yeah. him and gave him, like, you can be on the ship in two yeah. scenes. You can be the other Hippie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, Mary Elizabeth, she got it based off of... Um, Scarface yep. and uh, Color of Money, actually. Oh, was she in that? Was she? Uh, playing yeah. Tom Cruise's girlfriend in that. Yep. So yeah. And then Michael Bean is just like eighties. He's just James. At this point, he'd been in every like he's is James, James Cameron's muse. De Niro. Oh, just De Niro. Scorsese, oh, like you know, he's all, my go-to. All the other actors have been in a bunch of stuff as well. I can't. It it well, it's just unique, weird, interesting-looking yeah. character actors who yeah. are all yep. solid. They're all, they're all yeah, and that's actors. it. They're all solid, yeah. and that's what makes them stand out. And I'm wondering if that's what made this like the fact that you're not that familiar with Ed Harris. Did it does that help blend him into just the everyman-ness of this no, film? So I, I I would say no because like Ed, I I think that Ed Harris is that good that like he he's heads and shoulders above. Yeah, because even though that. Yeah, I, I think that he just takes that role and just runs with it and mm-hmm. just makes himself feel comfortable and makes everyone else feel comfortable I, yeah. I think acting alongside him. Particularly in a movie where everyone's getting splashed with Yeah, in, in, a, in a movie where it's like, when you, when you know how tense like the actual like filming was, mm. and for him to come off so natural um, with every in every scene that he's with with other actors, mm. it, it's... It's. I think it's like praise to him more so, and his his ability to be just a, a really professional.
professional yeah, it'd be interesting kind of to f- actor. Like, yeah. I'd like to see them. Cast. If you had someone like Mel Gibson, yeah, like, yeah. like a, a big movie star in this role, I, yeah. I think he's he's a genius character actor, and I think it would be. Um, would I'd be- like to see someone else in that role well, and I, how that would fare. Do you want to hear some alternate casting? Yes, I would love yeah, to. Yeah. I um, actually would because I've got no idea. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll start with uh, the ro- uh, the role of Lindsay um, yes. that went to Ale- Mary Elizabeth Maester Antonio, who I also think is great in this yeah, film. She's fantastic. Great she's, job. Yep. Again, Amazing. like a really underrated actress, I think. But uh, the other options for her, uh, for that role of Lindsay, were Kathleen Quinlan, uh, Jessica Lang, oh, yeah. Deborah Winger, Barbara Hershey, um, and apparently uh, he really wanted to get Jamie Lee Curtis in the role. Oh, yeah. was, but she was already contracted to be in Blue Steel which was written and directed by Catherine Bigelow James Cameron's soon to be wife <laughs> ah yes yeah. Blue Steel the one with Marlon Wayans oh no that's oh, I'm thinking of you're thinking oh you're thinking of the Martin Lawrence, <laughs> Martin Lawrence Blue yeah. Steel no no and that's Steel very cleverly E-A-L because <laughs> he's stealing a diamond no but this is a police film with Jamie Lee Curtis from 1990 with Ka- directed by a police by Ka- film in the 90s <laughs> with him wearing fake teeth <laughs> He has to deliver a pizza. <laughs> pizza delivery for robbery, homicide. Jamie Lee Curtis Blue Steel is not bad. It, it's it's yep. worth watching. But yeah, so she was already yep. attracted to randomly a film that was being directed yeah. by his kind yep. of girlfriend at the time, so yep. couldn't get her, so went to Mary Elizabeth. Uh, the only other option, like he only had two choices for Bud, yep. and it was Ed Harris and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, okay. Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah, Ed Harris yeah. all the way. Or William Defoe. Well, actually, that time... William Defoe would have... Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It, it is that interesting character actor yeah. that just goes for it. Like, yeah. that's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think um, it would have been fascinating to be on set, like you are saying, Toby, and see um, Ed Harris's leadership around the other actors because mm. it was such a tough shoot it would have sucked for everybody yeah and he clearly led by example well a lot of it, it sounds well, like a, he did. again watching the making of the other like cast i guess they're not they're not in nearly as much they're not as, underwater as much as, yeah, no. as ed harris was but they're like in the making of they're all like you know haha this is this, this was this is a tough shoot blah, blah 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 but it was still kind of fun ed harris is just like stolen just Nah, yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got that almost like literary he's been look to back. War. He's, been, yeah. he's been through war. Like he has that, yeah. like that, where he can look that, back on it and be like, "All right, I learned some things about yeah. myself." Yeah. <laughs> the other guy who would have been good was um, was the guy from Whiplash, the bald head dude. Oh, J.K. Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> only, yeah if you were to do this now, J.K. Just for sure. bald people. <laughs> Well, the has got a good head of hair. So. I mean, it's back six inches, but it has slipped a little bit over the years. But I don't know. It's William Defoe playing uh, the Green Lat- no, uh, Green Goblin. Goblin. <laughs> God, wearing the Goblin suit. No, That's, this is my dive suit. <laughs> Misery, misery, misery. That's what you've chosen. Um, but I want to give a shout out quickly to Michael Bean, yeah. who oh yeah, he's. Just phenomenal. Was there any other casting for him? Did you? Have- no, no, because like I said, oh, yeah, he, he was Cameron's, Cameron's kind of yeah. buddy and go-to. Um, yep. and in, in all of his previous Cameron roles, like he is schlock, hammy, like Hicks and um, uh, God, a uh, Carl Reese. Yes, blanking on the name there for a They're real like schlock sci-fi B-grade heroes. B-grade eighties heroes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this one, he kind of goes for it. Oh, he tries and he hits it. Yeah, like oh, and he's it's so good. It's a kind of great performance. Like, I know... Cutting. Yeah, you could view it as yeah. really... Like, uh, 
yeah, kind of schlocky, but I dug it a lot. I think I don't, like, I don't really see. I don't really it. see it that schlocky. I, I just th- see it as him committing to a horrible human being and just going for it. It's mm. like this is someone who's under immense pressure, who doesn't know how to deal with it, and this is his way of coping. And mm. he's not making. He's not in a good frame of mind, and he's making bad decisions. Yeah, and he's he's acting like someone like that, and it's it's really quite quite well. Quite well acted, I think. Yeah, he reminded me, I think I brought it up during, of, um, he, he was quite robotic towards the end when he was really losing it. He reminded yeah. me of the androids from Aliens. Yeah. yeah, a- you, Alien, Aliens. You, you specifically said, like, Ian Holm as um, mm. Ash in yeah. Just that yeah. almost, like, he clearly Just going lost through, going it, through the motions of commit, like, he's... Feigning a human yes, <laughs> like, yes. interaction. He's got a mission in his head, and he's, like... You're completely right. He's got a mission, and mm. he doesn't care about any other. Like emotion, start, emotion doesn't come into play. No. It is just get to point A to B to D. If you started bleeding milk, it would just make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was yeah. waiting for that. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. all right. So he's, a, he's an android. There you go. <laughs> and uh, it, like weirdly, actually, um, not weirdly, but um, it turns out 20th Century Fox actually were pushing for uh, they campaigned for him to get a supporting actor nomination yeah, at the Oscars. I, I would pay that. Yeah. They they out of all of the acting performances for the for the film that was the one that they kind of pushed. Really? And yeah. yeah okay. I, I would have paid that. But I, I wonder if it was 80s audiences knowing him as action schlock guy not kind of accepting and kind of going yeah. to that possibly. Have you done anything else that's like that well acted do you reckon? No. Uh, I would all I think I brought it up as a possible for next season uh, Tombstone him playing Johnny Ringo is the bad gunslinger I think he's great in that. It just um, sounds good for the cast. Just the name Johnny Ringo in I Tombstone. Know, like, clearly he's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that uh, tune, tune in in season four for Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> in what 26 episodes time at least. Yeah. Whatever that is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he... Because Hicks in Aliens is not... There's nothing there. No, he's He just, just a, ends up being the surviving he's character. He's just a vessel. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Reese, there's a little, but it's yep. not... There's no, a little bit of a character, but he's not, not great in it. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, this is really him going for it. Um, I don't know, have you seen Navy Seals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually no, think I've seen some of it, he, but yeah. He's a schlock, yeah. man, really, yeah. for the majority of his career, which... There's nothing wrong with that. He was kind of fun. He's really fun in Planet Terror, actually. Robert Rodriguez is he in that? Of, um, yeah, he's the sheriff. Oh, I never... Once again, I saw Death Proof, but not all of um, Planet Terror. Mm, yeah, he's he's the sheriff of the small town in that. Oh, isn't like, Planet Terror the Rodriguez one? Yeah, the yeah, Rodriguez one. I prefer that over... Um, really? Yeah. yeah, better give, yeah, it, a, I don't know. Better give it a watch then. There's something about the um, the zombies with the face masks. Oh, it's, it's super schlocky, yeah. 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 Whereas Tarantino... Tarantino's one's good. Anyway, Tarantino made a proper <laughs> 70s B-grade <laughs> film, so it's... Boring and slow. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. We're here to talk about James Cameron. <laughs> Schlocky B grade. 80s movie. Yeah. Cold War inspired 80s. Yeah. yeah. Cold War 18 inspired 80s movie. Uh, we should probably touch on the special effects. Given that oh, they are amazing. such a yep. pinnacle for this film. Uh, so this was like one of the biggest films to use CGI in the kind of... It's the first or second? Uh, no, the first is uh, Young Sherlock Holmes in 1985. The f- so it is the first. Where the stained, oh, second, glass, painting, yeah. uh, stained glass window of the night comes to life. 
Um, ILM's like first real big job. Uh, well, that was ILM as well back. It was all oh, pretty much they created so that, CGI. Yeah, um, Dennis Muren, who then went on to do you know Jurassic Park and everything yeah, as well. What about like the ghosts in Ghostbusters? That's all practical, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, filmed optical effects. Oh, is that how they do it? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, because yeah. I, I that earlier stuff, I don't know the difference. Optical effects and matte paintings. Even for um, Slimer or whatever his name yep. is. Really? That's a puppet and things filmed as an optical effect that then is laid in over the top. Over the top of the... Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm. And that's actually a good point for this film. Mm. It's it's Cameron doing what he does best, which is every trick in the book. Yep. He's like a Francis Ford Coppola where you can just you use film history and you use miniatures, you use yep. matte paintings, you use practical effects, you yep. use everything at your so, disposal. miniatures? Yep. yep. He used for the submarines. The 41 and foot boat that was a miniature. Yeah, yes. whenever there was the massive exterior wide shots of the surface vessel. Yeah, yeah with the crane is, and that's everything. Generally a miniature. That's, they yep. had to register it and stuff like that. There's footage of a dude standing on top of it and he looks like a giant. Matte <laughs> um, <laughs> paintings? Yeah. Matte paintings at the end. When, when the, the ship comes up and Ed Harris oh, yes. comes out, that's a matte painting. That's a matte painting, okay. Um, what other te- technology are we talking about? Uh, well, I mean, then there's obviously a blue, there's a blue screen with um, when yep. the aliens are like talking to Ed Harris down through the water wall. Yeah, that's I think. Blue screen. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Similar to Mary Elizabeth when she's uh, trying to take the photos and stuff with them and interacting and touching. That's yes, the projection. So that's blue screen. The is projection it? on the mini on the mini sub. So there's yes. two effects right there. That was very cool. So yeah. that's a miniature and a projection at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then of course the the famous thing that's known as the pseudopod, which is yes. the water sprite. Which, yep. Yeah. The one of the. Probably the first biggest use of CGI in a film ever. It's yep. like uh, Liquid Man from T2. Yeah, well, that's yep. what then... Yeah, that's how seeing started, that technology yeah. made Cameron realise he could actually do Liquid yep. Metal for Terminator 2 and then yep. obviously use ILM and Dennis Muren and all of them again yeah, to so recreate It's not just like, that. let's make a film using CGI. It's like, let's make a film using well, everything. It, yeah. fir- it was the first film where Ed Harris and Mary... Whatever her name is. Mary uh, Elizabeth Maester Antonio. Yeah, Mary Lou. <laughs> Um, they, they were the first people to get their faces like th- digitally 3D scanned. Ah, uh, yeah, to, to be, be the ass. Yeah, because yep. the, the arthropod or whatever he's... Pseudopod. Pseudo- Come on, man, use the terminology. Pseudopod <laughs> actually mimics their faces. Yes, yeah. So, and that's that was all done so, CGI. Wow, that is very, very cool. And for special effects from 1989, they hold up pretty damn yes. well. It's, it still yep. holds up. Yeah. It, it does. I, I can't fault that I, at all. It's the thing of early... A lot of early ILM effects hold up better than modern effects. Like, you yeah. look at the first Jurassic Park, it's much, amazing. Yeah, too much yeah. saturation, saturation or because whatever. Because I think... A, it's a mixture, good mixture of practical and CGI. It's the problem of, I think, modern-day effects are just too well lit. Yes. And they're not... Whereas back... You yeah, look yeah. at stuff like this. as well as that. And it's also because they couldn't light it and couldn't get the effects right, they hide it in shadow and yeah. it just yes. makes it look better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean... Yep, it just purely comes back to Jaws model. Yeah, pretty much. Work, it's so it scarier works. and better if you don't see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, do you guys want to hear a little bit of uh, info about the film? Yeah. You want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> no, Eric's seen Stand By Me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Uh, so the film had a budget of $69.5 million. Jesus. That's after all was Oof, yeah, okay. being said. Uh, and this is 1989. Yeah. Far out. And it went on to gross only 90 million. Yeah, I knew. It was yeah, so it was considered to be a bit of a financial flop. Yeah. Uh, it was the 24th highest grossing film of 1989. Coming in behind previous films that we've done on the show are uh, Back to the Future 2, which was number six. Yep. But it beat Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which was a number 32. 
<laughs> uh, it was nominated for four Academy Awards for Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction slash Set Design, yep. Best Sound, and it won, obviously, Best Visual Effects. Yeah. Sound is just, yeah, the sound in that is amazing. The fact that the majority of yeah. the film is ADR as well. Yeah. Mm, like, so uh, having to be vocally recorded afterwards watch, because of the... Watch the making of. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and also James Cameron won a Saturn Award, which is the sci-fi, sci-fi horror ones, yeah, yeah. for Best Director. But, um, yep. Yeah, that's uh, about it, really. Um, yep. So, final thoughts. Uh, I still really dig this film. Uh, childhood classic. I can see its flaws, but I still love it because of it. <laughs> yeah, guess. like, um, it's it's a long film, so when you sit down to watch it, you just got to be ready. But yep. it's a good film. <laughs> yeah. And the technology holds up well, and, um, and when you, particularly when you know that, like, Try and think of another underwater film to this extent. Yeah. To this day. I'm, I'm going to call this early. I'm going to I'm gonna do a Michael Bean and swing for the fences here. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon this might be one that you'll bring up in our look back for, at the end of this season. And yeah, yeah. You'll kind of, this will sit with you. I think it's an interesting one, yeah, because like just... Because it's different. It is, and mm. production and construction is just something oh, we didn't special even talk about the balls on top of the water oh yeah i was gonna bring up like we while watching the film we kind of said tease to eric like we'll bring up in the episode how they made it look so dark underwater oh yeah thousands and thousands of black like millions and millions of foam balls. like inside of a bean bag oh wow but they were like black little balls like yeah just you know like those poly, yep. polystyrene balls you cover the surface so you can still if need you need to you can you still can reach go the through surface it, yeah. but then they also had a gigantic like a two two thousand foot tarp black oh. tarp over the top they yeah got f***ed up in a cyclone <laughs> wow <laughs> and they like t- yeah the nightmare whole... nightmare production yeah, <laughs> yeah. you need to watch the making of it yeah, it's <laughs> like... for 59 minutes and it, it just it'll give you a, a, an, another level of appreciation for the yep. film yeah yeah um, but I guess on that note, uh, it's probably time to pick the next one. Well, yeah. Uh, oh, I want oh. my fi- the final decision on oh, Eric as a kid. What decision. would you? Have yeah, thought? I think I if yep, I would have enjoyed that. Particularly, I think if I watched it as like a yeah early teenager or just a little bit younger, that yep. would have been right up the alley. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's my kind of thing. I'm similar to Toby. I saw it when I was about like six, yeah. seven years old. So yeah, yeah whereas. You don't necessarily get the story, but the action and underwater yeah. is cool. Yeah, very cool. That's it. Like yeah. at that age, I didn't watch any films like this. Well, Chances are, I, I would started have swimming. <laughs> wow, that's the, you wanted to be like Ed Harris <laughs> in the same <laughs> swimming. I wanted to save a life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, I think it's time for Eric to pick our next film. Uh, we have a massive pile of yeah, papers that he's going to have to shuffle and shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Do you want a hat? Oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm mostly shuffled. Um, thank you though. Our next film is gonna be Escape from New York. Oh, that's another good one. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't mind getting on that one. Alright. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that. That's no, been one. I rewatched that just recently. That yeah. still holds up. That's <laughs> Me too, actually. That's a good film. I, 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 watched that maybe, I watched that maybe a month ago yeah, and I am. Me too. <laughs> And I am not bummed that we have to rewatch it next no, I, week. Oh, if, you need, if you need another one, if you need another person, that's me. Oh, last week, because that uh, that follows down that um, horror sci-fi kind of oh, route a bit, God. doesn't it? Yeah. Than, uh, I would say LA is better, but you know, <laughs> get out. Yeah. And we're recording this in your house. Get out. <laughs> And he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for this week's episode, everyone, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you in a fortnight's time when we finally watch Escape from New York. Oh, so exciting. It's pretty great. Uh, but for this week's episode, thanks for listening. I'm Chris. I'm Eric. I'm Toby. And we will catch you next time. 
Music on! His name is James, James Cameron, the bravest pioneer. No budget too steep, no seat too deep. Who's that? It's him, James Cameron. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.